Lord our God, will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the comes down brethren pray and holy manna will be showered all around just remain standing with us when brother Scott finishes his reading of his text then you can be seated Amen. Pray for the man of God turn to Matthew 13, Matthew 13. Let me get this mic on. Matthew chapter 13. Looking in uh, 53 through 58. You will turn with me there. Matthew 13. 53 through 58. We'll read the Word of the Lord. Matthew 13, 53. Through 58. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his, and his brethren James and Joseph and and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You can Amen. be seated tonight. Amen. 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 I've, got, I've got some folks here out of my church and... Uh, they're going. They they've heard my message before. They probably heard this one before. I know they have, and they're going to go home and say it seems like just like yesterday. I heard that message, Amen. Because <laughs> it was just yesterday, <laughs> Amen. But tonight I want to try to preach on Jesus can't do a mighty work. Lord help. Jesus can't do a mighty work. When I told my wife yesterday or Saturday night, she always asked me what you're preaching on. She wants to kind of get an idea on what to do for imitation or whatever. She'll ask me what I'm preaching on. I said, Jesus can't do a mighty work. She looked at me and she said, well, that's mighty depressing. (laughs) I said, well, it's to be an encouragement. I want to be an encouragement to you tonight if I can. Uh, As you can see, I'm not Brother Terry Pace. I don't look like him and I don't act like him. I don't preach like him. I'm not going to try to tonight. I'm just going to be me. Amen. And I'm going to try to preach what God's laid on my heart tonight. And it is what the Lord's laid on my heart. I went back and forth between a couple of messages, but this is what God told me to preach on. We're singing that song, I'm Still Amazed. 
And I am still amazed at the Lord and what He can do. Amen. And who He is. But I'm telling you, in the text that we're reading from tonight, they were not amazed with Jesus Christ. They were not amazed with Him at all. And they should have been, but they was not. Now understand this. A year before this occurrence, uh, Jesus was in Nazareth. This, This is His hometown now. And uh, he was in Nazareth where he preached in the synagogue and, and was rejected. Even then, in Luke chapter 4, you can find it in 16 through 22, 28 through 30. And this is what you'll find in that text of Luke chapter 4. I'm talking about what happened a year prior to this. And they rejected his preaching then. They rejected his preaching then. In Luke 4 28, it says, And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things he'd been preaching, were filled with wrath. Can you imagine? The Lord's preaching a message, and they get all upset. Amen. I thought only Baptists got upset when the preacher preached, but not necessarily. These folks were upset with the Lord, with His preaching, and rose up and thrust Him out of the city and led Him into the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. They meant to throw him off a cliff. He escaped out of their hands, uh, the Bible reads and tells us. Uh, And they rejected his preaching. And then they rejected his person. In Luke 4.22, they asked this question. They said, is not this Joseph's son? They did not accept him as God. God the Son of God. God. Nor did they uh, uh, accept him as God the Savior. Amen. They was not interested in Him. They did not accept Him in any way, any form, any fashion. They rejected His preaching. They rejected His person. And they rejected His power. Jesus was preaching about the power that He possessed. Amen. And in Luke 4.18, He said this. This was His words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to those, to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And He began to say unto them, This day is this Scripture fulfilled in your ears. He told them that. He told them what He is there for, what He was to do. And He said, The Scriptures being fulfilled. And He was telling them about the power He had but they rejected it and would have nothing to do with it. Jesus couldn't do a mighty work in the midst of them in Luke chapter 4 because they rejected Him. And about a year later in our text that I've just taken tonight, a year later in Matthew 13, 53-58, here came Jesus again to Nazareth. He comes back again and to tell them who He is and what He is and what He can do. And what did they do? They reject Him again. And they could not do a mighty... He could not do a mighty word then either. But my friend, think about that. He came back. He came again to Nazareth. I want to tell you that's grace tonight. Thank God the Lord don't give up on us when we reject Him. Oh, there's been times I've rejected Him. There was a time when I was an eight-year-old boy on a Wednesday night, the Holy 
Ghost came by my way, dealt with my heart, and drew me to an altar. But I said, not tonight. And I walked out the doors, and I wasn't right with God. But thank God on that Thursday night, we came back to revival. And the Lord, the good Lord, came by my way again, and it gave me an invitation again. You see, it wasn't the preacher that gave me the invitation. It wasn't the singers. But praise God, it was the Holy Ghost drawing me, giving me the invitation. That was God's grace. Amen. And once again, the Lord came to Nazareth again. And He said, come. Hey, listen to me. I'm the Lord. I'm the Son of God. I'm the Son. Amen. Praise God. That's what He was. They did not accept Him though. They didn't believe Him. And once again in Matthew 13, He could not do a mighty work simply because once again they rejected Him. Yes, yes. When you reject the Lord... He cannot do mighty works in your life. Amen. And if you keep on rejecting the Lord and keep on rejecting the Lord and keep on rejecting Him, He'll finally just leave you alone, friend. Amen. If that's what you want, if you really don't want Him and you keep rejecting Him, He just will not have anything to do with you. And He'll let you go on to hell by your own will and what you want instead of what He wants. Amen. Amen. And if we really want the Lord to do a mighty work in our lives, and we really want Him to do a mighty work in our church, friend, we're going to have to get back to Him. And we're going to have to learn the lesson that Nazareth did not learn. We're going to have to see what they did wrong and understand what not to do in order to do the right thing in order that God might do a mighty work among us. Amen. So tonight, let's look at why Jesus can't do a mighty work among us. If we'll look at Nazareth and see what these people did, then we'll understand what not to do. So we can see how the Lord can do a mighty, mighty, mighty work among us if we'll just let Him. Amen. Let me say first of all, in Nazareth, the worship wasn't present. The worship wasn't present. Amen. They didn't look at Him as Lord. They didn't look at Him as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And they didn't worship Him. They had a synagogue, but they didn't have a Savior. Amen. They had a synagogue, but they didn't have a Savior. They had a church, but they didn't have a Christ. Amen. My, my, I'm afraid that that's what's wrong with a lot of our churches today. We've got a church, we got a synagogue, but we don't have a Christ. And we don't have a Savior that we worship and adore and put Him above all other things. Amen. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, we're in bad shape. And listen, the worship was not present. And that's why God... God could not do a mighty work among them. Listen now. I realize where I'm at tonight. As Brother Toby said, this is home to me. And man, I'm telling you, we've had services here through the years and God's blessed. And I've seen us shout it out together. And I've seen us worship the Lord. I've seen the altar fill up. And I've seen the power of God move. And I've seen people stand up and testify and praise God and worship God and talk about what God's done for them and praise God for it all. But can I say, 
say this tonight. I want to say there's worship here. I understand that. But let me say this tonight. Not everybody here worships the Lord. Not everybody. Some are missing out on it. Amen. Some of you missed out on it already tonight as well. Hey, hey, hey. We've been singing about the grace of God and how amazing He is and the goodness of God and how good He's been to us. And some have worshipped and praised God with tears in their eyes and they testify that some have sat there like a knot on a log, as my mama used to say, and they sat down with their arms folded, untouched, unreal. How, because of unbelief, how, what is it? I don't know. But why can't you worship? Amen. Why can't you worship? Amen. Nazareth was missing the worship. Hey, you know why? Because their heads did not trust His wisdom. Amen. Their heads didn't trust His wisdom. Why, there's never been a man with more wisdom than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Even when he was a 12-year-old boy, and he went and he talked to the scribes, and he told them all about the Word of God, they were amazed and couldn't believe it. They didn't exactly trust His wisdom then. Amen. 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 But their heads just didn't trust His wisdom. You know what our problem is a lot of times? In our life, we don't trust God's wisdom. Amen. God says to do this. God says to do that. And what do we do? We question Him. Well, I just don't know. And let me ask sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. And let me ask this and then ask that one. Hey, you better do what God wants you to do. You can trust His wisdom tonight. I can prove to you they did not trust His wisdom. Matthew 13, 54. And when He was coming to His own country, He taught them in their synagogue. That's His wisdom. Insomuch that they were astonished. Now they were astonished by it, but notice this. But then they said, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom? When did he come up with all this? Who does he think he is? That he thinks he has all this knowledge. Who is this know-it-all? That's what they're really saying. They don't trust the Lord. Their heads do not trust His wisdom. They didn't accept Christ's information. He had information for them that could help them, but they didn't trust Him. Hey, I know Brother Toby preaches the book. And you've heard that many preachers. Every preacher that gets behind this pulpit preaches the book. I know that. And friend, how many times have you not trusted the information that the Lord has given the man of God to preach to your heart and your home and to help you, but you have rejected it and said, no, that ain't for me. They didn't accept Christ's information. And they did not acknowledge Christ's intelligence. Oh, I'm telling you, there's never been anybody more intelligent than Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't care what your IQ is or what you can do. He can do so much better. Amen. Amen. 
And friend, there's a lot of churches that are meeting today and meeting every Sunday. How about that? It doesn't mean they're worshiping the Lord. Just because you gather together under one roof and go through a program, it doesn't mean you're worshiping God. They had a church, but they didn't have a Christ. They had a synagogue, but they didn't have a Savior. And some churches don't trust Christ's information. They don't trust the King James Bible. Amen. Some churches don't trust Christ's intelligence to lead them and to guide them. And therefore, they are in a mess tonight because of it. Amen. If we don't trust the Lord's wisdom, then we won't be worshiping Him. And if we're not worshiping Him, the Lord can't do a mighty work among us. Oh, their heads didn't trust His wisdom. And because their hearts didn't trust in His works. Amen. Amen. Matthew thirteen fifty four again, that latter part. Whence hath this man this wisdom? But look at the next question. And these mighty works... Who's he think he is? He says he can come in here and heal the sick and do this and do that. Who in the world? He says he's the Son of God. He ain't no Son of God. I know him. That's that little old carpenter's boy. Son. That's all he is. They did not trust his works. They didn't believe in his mighty miraculous works. His marvelous works. They didn't trust none of that. They didn't believe none of that. I'm telling you right now, you've got to believe Jesus Christ. If Christ is going to do a mighty work in you, Amen. Hey, when I knelt and asked Jesus to come in my life, I believed that He could save me, Amen. And friend, when I believed upon Him and trusted Him, that's when He saved me. And friend, I want to tell you something tonight. If you don't believe the stories in the book, and boy, they will stretch your imagination, and you'll look at them and say, "I don't see how in the world." But you know what? I do that sometimes, and then. I turn around and say, but I believe it. I believe it tonight. You can believe this book tonight. Hey, if you don't believe everything about this book, I doubt you've been saved tonight. Because if we're going to see God do a mighty work in your life about through salvation or whatever, you've got to believe the book and you've got to believe Christ. Amen. Amen. How in the world? Yes, sir. How in the world can we claim to worship Him when we doubt His mighty works? And friend, we'll doubt His mighty works in the days' time. Somebody stands up and tells what God's done for them, and say, "Well, I don't know about all that." Yeah. Oh, friend, I tell you, I do. I know God can do anything He wants to do. Amen. And if you doubt or you just don't believe the stories of the Bible, friend, I. Or the stories of others, then you might ought to check on your salvation. Amen. 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 There was no worship there because their heads didn't trust His wisdom, their hearts didn't trust His work, and their hope didn't trust His words. They hoped for a Christ. They've been told about it all their life that there was one coming. Right. That would be Jesus. That, that, that would be a Savior, God's Son. But when He came along, they said, oh, it couldn't be Him. There ain't no way. Matthew thirteen fifty seven. And they were offended in him. Look at that. Offended in him. Their hope didn't trust his words. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Amen. Like others in that day, they were hoping for the Savior to come. But surely it wasn't this man. 
No way it could be. This was it. When he said he was God's Son, his words offended them. And it offended their hope because they really did hope for a Savior. But it couldn't be this man. There's no way it could be this man. And it offended their hope. Amen. Christ wasn't honorable in their sight because they were offended. Christ was not holy in their sight because they were offended. There's many assemblies, many churches that do not honor Christ, do not count Him holy, and therefore He does not do mighty works among them. Amen. You can tell who these folks are too. Amen. Just look at their lives. Yes, sir. Does their life honor Christ? Amen. Or do they just go to church and and then go and live like the devil? Amen. Amen. Do they not live holy or do they do they live holy or not live holy? I'm telling you, they are they do not trust him. Amen. Do not trust his works. His words. And if there's no true worship, then Jesus can't do a mighty work in your life. Amen. Number two, first of all, Nazareth, the worship wasn't present. Number two, in Nazareth, the wonder, the wonder wasn't present. Notice this. In other words, Christ was not wondrous to them. He wasn't wonderful. He wasn't wondrous. He's just another man. Christ wasn't the Son of God to them. To them, He was just another simple soul. Amen. To them, He was just another simple story. Amen. That's all He was to them. Matthew 13.55 says, this is what they said, is not this the carpenter's son? He's just a simple man. He's just a simple soul. Is not his mother called Mary? Well, we know that, boy. There ain't no way that's God's son. And his brethren, they start naming off his brothers and his sisters. And they said, they're all here with us. When then hath this man all these things? Who does he think he is tonight? Amen. In other words, they are saying the Lord was nothing special. And he certainly that was nothing spiritual. And to them he wasn't the Son of God. He was just a simple soul with another simple story. That's all he was to them. And I want to say tonight he didn't mean much to this world, but he sure does mean the world to me. Hallelujah. No wonder there's no power in the church. No wonder there's no praise and no prayers. Amen. Because we do not believe who He is anymore. Amen. It's because we've stopped believing Christ is wondrous. We've stopped believing or, or, or even uh, treating Him as wondrous and wonderful in our life. Amen. Oh, some of you remember when you got saved and it's the most wonderful thing in the whole wide world. And you couldn't get on, wait to get on the phone to call my uh, an uncle and aunt, a friend or whoever and say, hey, let me tell you what the Lord did for me. He saved my soul and it's the most wonderful thing and the most wondrous thing that ever happened in your life. But somewhere along the line through life, you stop treating the Lord as wondrous. You stop treating the Lord as as wonderful. And friend, when you stop treating Him that way, He cannot do a mighty work in your life. Amen. 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 
Yes, sir. Christ wasn't the salvation of God to them. He wasn't the Son of God. He wasn't the salvation of God to them. Remember, you remember back when Simeon held him as a baby and he looked on his face and he said, Oh, I'm holding the salvation of God. Amen. Amen. You know what Simeon was doing? He counted him as wonderful. He said, This is the most wonderful thing I've ever held in my life. It's the salvation of God. And friend, I want to tell you something though. This crowd here, this Nazareth crowd, they didn't look at him that way. No, sir. And I doubt they believed the story of Simeon, even though they'd probably heard it. Amen. 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 Simeon was in absolute wondrous amazement when he hailed Christ because he knew Christ was special. He knew Christ was spirit filled. He knew Christ was salvation. Amen. But this Nazareth crowd, they lacked faith. Amen. Their souls were not filled with faith. Their synagogue was not filled with faith. Amen. Believing Christ as Savior, believing Christ as Supreme. Yes. They lacked faith. And this Nazareth crowd lacked focus. They weren't focused on Him being the Son of God. They kept focusing on who He came from and where His people were and what He'd done and what His daddy done. They were focused on all the wrong things. Amen. Amen. He didn't mean much to them. If you don't look at Christ as wondrous then Jesus can't do a mighty work in your life. Amen. I, I remember... I remember a time years and years ago when I was in my 20s. My group, I was singing at a gospel group and I was preaching and we went into a prison in L.J., Georgia. And I never will forget singing to them and, and singing to them prisoners. And man, there was one old boy, a big old black boy. Big old guy. I mean, he could tear the house down if he wanted to look like and they told me his name was Anderson. I don't know his first name. They just called him Anderson. And I said, Anderson, come up here and sing for me. That big old fella come up there and he grabbed that microphone and he began to sing. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. And he began to cry and weep and worship God. And that big old strong fella was humbled down. You know why? Because he looked on Christ as wondrous. He looked on Him as wonderful. Well, I'm telling you right now, some of you couldn't cry tear if an onion was under your nose right now. And friend, I'm telling you right now, that's something wrong with your heart if you can't break down every once in a while and think on Jesus being wonderful and wondrous and praise Him. Amen. Yes, sir. Praise God. Yes, sir. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, they didn't count Him wondrous. They didn't count Him wonderful. They didn't worship in Nazareth. Amen. And finally, let me say in Nazareth, the willingness, the willingness wasn't present. They weren't even willing to even entertain the idea of who He was right. and what He could do. That's right. They weren't even willing to listen. No, sir. They were unwilling to change their attitude. You know what's wrong with a lot of folks? Their attitude. Amen. We come to church with the wrong attitude. Amen. 
Friend, when we come to church, we ought to have the attitude that Jesus is wonderful and wondrous and how wonderful and wondrous it is to be in God's house, in God's presence, and can't wait to get there to worship Him and glorify Him and be willing to change your attitude, that stinking attitude, and say, well, I wonder what the preacher got to say today. I wonder what they're going to do today. It's just going to be the same old thing. Hey, I'm telling you, I used to attend here. I know how it is, friend. Can I preach to you just a minute? Some of you, you get used to Brother Toby's preaching. Like most people do, my church gets used to my preaching. And pretty soon, you say, well, you see, the problem is you're not listening for the Lord. You're just listening to Brother Toby or Brother Scott or whoever. What you need to be doing is listening for the Lord. preaches. And not just listening to the preacher, but listen to the the Lord. Listen for the Lord. And but friend, what you do, you forget about listening for the Lord, and you get to hearing Brother Toby, and you just start tuning him out, and you entertain yourself with this, and you look at that, and you look at this, and you got this, this in your hand, and that in your hand, and you're turning this way and that way, and you're not listening anymore, and therefore you are not willing to change your actions either. And then we wonder why God ain't doing the mighty work among us. No wonder we're not listening to God anymore. We've gotten used to things. We've gotten used to how church goes. We know there's going to be three songs in the choir and the preacher's going to preach and say, well, it's the same old thing ever since. Well, let me tell you something, friend. If you're listening for the Lord, it ain't the same thing ever since. Amen. When are we going to be willing to change our attitude? Amen. When is our our attitude is going to change? You see, when our attitude is unwilling to believe, it hinders the church, it hinders Christ, and it hinders Christians. You say, well... My attitude ain't hurt nobody. Oh, yes, it is. It hurts everybody. It hurts your church. It hurts your Christian home. It hurts everything. Hey, you may have some little ones watching you, and you got a stinking attitude. Guess what? They're going to grow up with a stinking attitude, too, toward the church and toward the man of God. What you better do is get on the altar and repent and say, God, I'm willing to change my attitude. I'm willing to change my action. I'm willing to do whatever, Lord. I want to hear from heaven and do what you want me to do. If we're going to see Jesus do a mighty work, we better change our attitude. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And then there's unwilling to change their actions. Yes, sir. They took no action whatsoever to acknowledge Him. Right. They didn't even consider who He was. Amen. They didn't even want to listen to it. Yeah, what happened? They know why He's the Son of God. Well, that's Mary's son. That's that carpenter's boy. Amen. We know him. We know all of his brothers. Who does he think he is coming along and saying he's the Son of God? Amen. That was their attitude. And maybe you haven't said those words, but every time you come in and your actions and your attitude does not glorify God, and you don't come in here just ready to worship God and praise Him, and just come in here already to worship God with a heart filled with the Holy Ghost before you get here, I'm telling you that's what you 
you're doing every time. Who does He think He is? Why should I be here? I'm telling you, you need a heart change tonight, friend. Amen. Believers. As I told you about Anderson, I've seen believers in prison. And I've seen believers. I've heard of believers in, in foreign countries. And they take more action to acknowledge the Lord and more action to accept Him and adore Him than most American churches ever do. Amen. 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 Boy, I'm telling you the truth now. Yes, sir. You, you go to a service. I've seen it. You go to a service in a foreign country and you begin to sing a and grace, and they'll all stand up and begin to praise God without nobody having to pump them up or prep them up or hold them up. Hey, and they'll worship the Lord and praise God. Hey, when's the last time you did that? No, we've got to sit back and say, Bless me if you can. I'm telling you right now, God's not pleased with that. And you then you wonder, then you wonder, here's the thing about it. Why ain't God ever doing anything in my life? Amen. Well, when's the last time you adored Him and praised Him and worshipped Him. Amen. If we're going to see Christ do a mighty work, we better change our actions. Amen. They were unwilling to change their affections to Him. They had no affection towards Christ. Oh my. They didn't like Christ. And they didn't like being around Him. And they certainly didn't love Christ. And they didn't like being around Him. Amen. It's a sad, sad commentary when people go to church all their life and they don't even like being there. That's right. Amen. 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 They don't even like the preaching. They don't like the singing. Amen. They don't like nothing about church. Amen. And they'll sit on a pew because, well, this is just what we got to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And the thing about it is, what's so sad about it? There'll be people that sit on a pew all their life and go to hell without the Lord Jesus Christ because they never had any affection towards Christ. They never did like Him. They never did love Him. They never did get on an altar and say, God, save my soul. Lord have mercy. Some of you have never, never, ever come to an altar and say, God, save my soul. Change my life. I love you, Lord. I want to love you. I want to like everything about you. I want to love everything about you. When's the last time you showed some affection towards God? Amen. Here's another problem. Some of you used to have affection for the Lord. But you've slipped away. And you don't love Him like you used to love Him. Why did He say over there in Revelation, return to thy first love? Oh, we're doing, why don't we love Him like we used to love Him? Why don't we adore Him like we used to adore Him? Why don't we do those things, friend? I'm telling you, we better get back to worshiping Him, adoring Him, and loving Him like we've never before. And then we say, I wonder why God ever don't ever do any mighty works in my life. Tell it, oh, why don't you get back to loving on Him? Amen. 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 You know, some folks, they go to church, they'd rather do anything but have church. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. They, they want to go for the program. First question they'll always ask, you know, somebody that don't know your church and looking to visit around, first question they ask, what do they have for the kids? Right. Yeah. What 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 can they do for me? Yeah. 
What can they do for me? Oh, friend, I tell you, when you come to the church, you ought to say, what can I do to worship the Lord? What can I do to help the service? What can I do that that God would be glorified and that that, that the Lord would be lifted up so others can be drawn unto Him? Hey, why? What's our motivation for going to church tonight, friend? Amen. If some folks don't get willing to change their attitude and change their actions and change their affections, then Jesus ain't going to do a mighty work in your life. Stay on, preacher. Stay on. And by the way, all those folks that are looking for all those other things, this is what happens. Two things. Going to a church like this where you worship the Lord and count Him as wondrous and willing to just worship Him and and adore Him and lift Him up and, and have the kind of service that you have. Those folks that are looking for all those other things, two things happen. One, they either fall out of church completely because they never learn to like Him and to love Him Amen. and to worship Him. Or they go and find some watered-down program of a church. Yeah. That's got everything. I mean, it's a five star church. They offer you everything, all the luxuries and everything. Amen. But they don't offer you Jesus. Amen. Right. And they don't offer one to adore and to worship. They have a synagogue, but they don't have a Savior. Amen. They have a church, but they don't have a Christ. Amen. I'm yep. closing with this tonight. Yep. It. In Mark chapter 6, there's another account of this same story. But something was added that Mark added that Matthew didn't record. Mark said this, and he's talking about Jesus. He said, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Amen. That's what it all boils down to. If you can't worship, it's a form of unbelief. Yes, sir. Even if you're saved. If you don't count Him wondrous, it's a form of unbelief. If not completely, unbelief. If you're not willing to do whatever the Lord wants you to do, it's a form of unbelief. And the Lord looked at him and He just marveled. You know what that word means? To be amazed. To be surprised. By what is going on, what's happening? He looked at them and said, I just can't. They had unbelief, but he had unbelief. He said, I just can't believe it. I can't believe. I'm amazed that they cannot accept me as their Lord and Savior. And I'm amazed at people who can sit in church every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night and revival nights and sit there and not worship Him and adore Him or turn Him away. To unsaved people, I'm amazed how they can sit there under conviction with the power of God dealing with their heart and drawing them to an altar of prayer and they sit there and grow up and resist with everything that's within them. I'm telling you right now, you want to see God do something for you. Your life, you better get in the altar and do some business to God. Amen. There's only two times in the Bible Jesus marveled. The first time, he marveled when faith was great. This was when that centurion came to him and asked him to come heal his servant in Matthew chapter 8. And he said, 
I've never seen such great faith. He, he, he talked about, it said it, he marveled at such great faith. He was amazed at that man's faith. But the second time we see that he marveled, he marveled when faith was gone. When faith was gone. And this relates to your life, your daily life. When you have problems and troubles and trials and they rise up in your life, and you say, I just don't know how we're going to make it. I just don't see how we'll make it through. I don't see how we'll get through this trial. I'm amazed at your unbelief. That your faith will be gone. All that God has done and can do and will do. And you want to doubt Him now? Don't doubt Him now. Amen. 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 Nazareth doubted Him. You know, sometimes I wonder if the Lord looks down on us and He looks and He sees our lack of faith and He begins to just shake His head in amazement and marveling. Shaking His head and marveling saying, I can't believe. They can't believe me. I'm done tonight. I want to come with a song. Do you worship Him? Do you adore Him? Or is everybody around you worshiping Him and adoring Him and you're not? How about it tonight? Let's stand together. Will you come? Will you pray tonight? Maybe you do worship and adore Him. Guess what? It's alright to come worship and adore Him right now. Amen. Do you count Him wonderful and wondrous? The God of all. When you're in the Lord's house and He moves among His people and people are shouting and worshiping God, tears in their eyes, God's moving in a mighty way. Do you ever think about how wonderful and wondrous that is? That the presence of God has been in our midst. It's Jesus. It's God. It's all about Him. Oh, we ought to just come and thank Him tonight and say, Praise you, Lord, for what you've just come by and visit with us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for getting in the choir singing, for getting on the preacher. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart. Oh, will you worship and adore Him? Will you trust Him tonight? Maybe you're lost tonight and you need Jesus in your life. You need to trust Him tonight and you need to give your heart to Him tonight. How many times have you said and resisted the Lord and said that you've been in the presence of God and you're just like these people in Nazareth to say, not tonight, not today. I don't believe it. I ain't going to do it today. But you know God wants you to. Will you come? Will you pray? Will you call on the Lord? Sister Tanya plays. Whatever she feels that do, say whatever. Will you come? Come on tonight. Do you listen to your preacher in the sense of listening for the Lord through your preacher? Or is it just as a sounding brass to you anymore? 
Do you listen to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit may be dealing with you right now. Why don't you come and pray? Step out and call on His name tonight. to it tonight but there are those two places in the gospels where Jesus marvels now in the first occasion that centurion has come to the Lord asked the Lord to do a work in his home back at home and he has faith in the Lord to do it even though he's not even there he said oh you ain't even got to come to my house I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. You just say the word. And your word's as good as you are. If you say it, it's as good as done. And Jesus heard it and He marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. This man with such great faith was a Gentile. Yes, sir. 
This man with such great faith was not even religious. He hadn't grown up in church. He hadn't heard a thousand messages about now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He just trusts Jesus. He was one that you would say would have known Jesus the least was maybe the most loosely acquainted with the Lord. Yeah. And Jesus marveled at his faith. Amen. And then he comes to his hometown, the people who know him the best, and he marvels at their unbelief. Yeah. Amen. Oh, I've heard all of that preaching that Brother Scott preached tonight. I've heard everything he said before. I know all of that. Yeah. Sometimes the people who know the most believe Him the least. We become so familiar and so casual that we fail to really worship Him and trust Him and believe Him like we ought to. I'm going to show you something else. In Luke chapter number 4 where He came through, He told them, of course, in all of these passages, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, amongst his own family, amongst his own kin. In chapter 4 of Luke, in verse 43, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. You know what he'll do tonight if you continue to push him away? He'll move along to somebody who wants to hear from him. Are you hearing me tonight? I've heard all of that before. I'm disinterested. My mind is somewhere else. I know all I need to know. Who does Jesus think He is anyway? I've arrived. I know as much as He does. We couldn't do many wonderful works according to Mark 6, save healing a few sick folks. They saw Him heal the sick and they said, oh, that don't mean anything. But He gave sight to the blind. That doesn't convince me. What about that lame man that's walking? That's not going to make a believer out of me. God, help us tonight. What will happen to you if you continue to push away the light that God has given you is? He'll simply go into somebody else. You won't receive Him. He'll go to somebody else who will. He came to His own and His own received Him not. But to as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Even to them which believe on His name. I cannot tell you how many times, Brother Scott, I said in meetings like what we're in right now, on the pew, and said, if that preacher would sing, have him sing one more verse, I'd go pray. I'd go get right with God. And then he'd say something like this, we're going to sing one more verse just for that person that needs one more verse. And then I would stand in my pew and still not move. And it's a miracle of the Lord that He'd come back and give me another opportunity. Tonight, somebody 
has said, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I already know everything that's been preached. Somebody may be even saved tonight. Just cold on the Lord. And you said, well, we've got plenty of time through this revival meeting tomorrow, th- Wednesday, Thursday. I'll do something different then. Yeah. I know what I need to do. Yes. And tonight, I'm telling you, we're going to sing one more verse. And I'd ask you to respond to the Lord. Because if you push Him away tonight, He may well just go along to somebody else who will receive Him. And I'm going to tell you something. He won't have to look far. Because I'm a candidate. I want whatever He wants in my life. If you won't have Him, tell Him to come to my house. He's welcome over there. I want Him at my kitchen table. I need Him in my prayer time. I want His Spirit real in my home. I've got to have Him show up when I read the Word of God. If He's not welcome at your house, tell Him to come to my house. I want Him over there. Tonight, would you reach out to Him while He's reaching out to you? Sing another verse. Somebody tonight, we're singing one verse. For that person who told the Lord, if they'd just sing one more verse, I'd do it. I'd do things with God. I'd get right with God. We're giving you that opportunity tonight. Would you come? If you need to pray, would you come? Would you put your faith and confidence in Him? Saint or center of light, if you're dealing with this issue of unbelief, You've not put your faith and confidence in Christ, whether in your life and salvation or in the days of your service. There's that prayer that you've prayed over and over again and you've just decided you're not going to trust God for this one anymore. You've just about given up praying. Sometimes the one who knows Him the best trusts Him the least. There's no excuse in that for us. If you know Him the way I know Him, you ought to know you can trust Him. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for Mom and Dad. All the good times today. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variable, there is neither shadow of turning. I don't know how many of you are fully aware of it, but just in case you're not, I'll let you know tonight, we've heard some preaching this evening. And if y'all don't know, if y'all don't believe that's preaching, you don't know what preaching is. I mean, that's all you can say about it. We've heard some preaching tonight. Brother Bob, we will not get to know the Lord too well. But sometimes we do get too comfortable about it. We do get too casual about it. We get too familiar with them, though we really don't know them too well. We get too familiar. Amen. Brother Matthew testified of this. You can preach so many times, so you've preached out of habit almost. 
you can preach so many times and so many days in a row and so often and so forth you get to the place where the sermon's a sermon. Not really just in awe of what God's doing in the message, you're just delivering the message. We've sung Amazing Grace so many times that it's just another hymn. We've come to revival so many times that it's just time to be here. The people who knew Him the best appreciated Him the least. Let that not be said about us tonight. Let that not be said about us. I hope that you'll be a part of the meeting tomorrow night at 7.30. We're going to come together and worship the Lord. Looking forward to the services. I don't know what to expect.